Welcome to the Pop Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. I'm Matt. And hi, my name is Ron. So today we're going to be doing a four-part, possibly more, but right now, as of right now, four-part series about the Star Wars saga. (gasps) And I know the Star Wars saga is pretty vast. There's a ton of books, games, all sorts of different kinds of media. Some sort of movies, I think. And that's what we're going to be covering today. (gasps) Uh, We're going to do... The movies in four parts, so the prequels, original trilogy, and the sequel trilogy, and then the fourth is going to be the other, Clone Wars cartoon, the Rogue One, stuff like that, Han Solo. Are, are we including uh, the holiday Rebels. special on that? Oh, of course. Oh, oh That should be its own episode. <laughs> you have to. Have either yeah. of you guys actually seen the holiday episode? Because I have. I, I have. I did. I yeah. saw the bootleg. Oh. It was on YouTube for a very short time, and Wait, I was is it, able to see it. Is it not anymore? I'm not sure. Oh, no. I might have to intern this. So, like the Marvel movies, where we talk about each movie, a uh, little bit of behind the scenes, a little bit about the plot, high level. Most of everybody's seen Star Wars. If you haven't, stop this right now. Go watch it. <laughs> you're not an American. You're a communist. Unless you want to be uh, spoiled. <laughs> But what masochist would want to do that to themselves? This is almost 50 years of spoilers, so (laughs) I think that, you know, after the 10-year mark, it's really, it's on you. Usually after, like, the 10-day mark, usually that's, like... I give it a good... Well, I give it, like, a year, year and a half. I guess. If it's a TV TV show, Mm -hmm. you have 10 days. If it's a movie, you have a month. See, I feel like it's more for a TV show, because there's more to catch up on. Yeah. A year is good for me. But then again, like, would you guys talk about Endgame spoilers right now? Yes. Yeah. It's been a, it's been practically a year. No. We're diving off the deep end here. So, yeah. as, as everyone knows, uh, it's a trilogy. So, trilogies include three movies. Each of us have decided to take a movie... And Mike, do you want to tell the audience uh, which movie each of us respectively got? So Matthew will be doing The Phantom Menace. I will be doing The Clone Wars. And Ron will be doing The Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Alright, so of course, the first Star Wars movie in this trilogy is, of course, The Phantom Menace. Oh, now, The Phantom Menace was released on May 19th. 1999 uh it had a budget of 115 million dollars and it had a gross box office of 474 million dollars but later on when it was re-released to theaters with a 3d it crossed the billion dollar threshold with a b the director of the film was george lucas and george lucas also wrote the film and he co-produced it with a lad called rick mccollum uh actors of this movie 
Uh, we have Liam Neeson as Wygon Jin, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Natalie Portman as Queen Amidala and Padme, <gasps> Ian McDermott as Senator Palpatine. Senator. Uh, Frank Oz reprising his role as Yoda. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu. Ray Park as the villain, Darth Maul. Mm. And everyone's least favorite character, Ahmad Best as Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> oh, man. He gets such a bad rap, though. I feel bad. Oh, we'll talk about it. Don't worry. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> All right, so here's a little bit of a rundown of the plot of the movie. An imminent conflict brews between the powerful Trade Federation and the peaceful planet of Naboo. Jedi Master Wygon Jin and his Padawan apprentice Obi-Wan Kenobi travel to Naboo to warn the Queen of the galactic fallout which is about to follow. Eventually, Naboo is invaded, invaded forcing the Jedi to evacuate the planet with the Queen and her court. They travel to the desert planet of Tatooine, where they meet a slave boy named Anakin Skywalker, who is evidently one with the Force. They enlist his help in fighting the war after Qui-Gon Jinn bets with his slave master on his freedom on whether or not Anakin will win a pod race or not, which he inevitably does. While the Jedi confront one of the Dark Jedi before the invasion, Darth Maul, while Master Darth Sidious continues to lead the invasion as a phantom behind the scenes. <sighs> now that's a great plot, right? That actually sounds like an interesting movie. Oh, but wait, we get an hour. sounds like it's awesome. <laughs> yes. Then we get 40 minutes of politics. <laughs> Matt, do you mind if I interject real quick? Sure. Can I just say that, like, I watched the three movies, like the prequels, this morning. My first note for the first movie is, the second they mentioned trade routes in Congress in the opening crawl, everyone should have known this fucking thing was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the theater just let out a big sigh. Oh, no. <laughs> so, a movie where the franchise is pretty much in a... a western slash thriller slash space opera the first movie turns into a political movie i wouldn't even call it a political thriller it's just a movie about politics <laughs> that involves neither stars nor wars so uh but eventually at the end um queen abadala is forced to retake her planet so with the help of the native race of the Gungans, a.k.a. that's where Jar Jar Binks comes in, they retake their planet and destroy the Trade Federation blockade. Now that leads into episode two, but uh, we're going to keep talking about the rest of episode one. So guys, yeah. what did you guys think of The Phantom Menace? I think it's one of the biggest wastes of talent in movie history. <laughs> um. <laughs> So, in the third grade, I was in the third grade when it came out, and I remember we had to write in a uh, journal every day, and I was so excited for it because I saw all the promotional material, that's when they still made Micro Machines were coming out, uh, Pizza Hut, KFC, and Taco Bell were doing, because they were owned by Yum Brands, they were doing a... Um, like a promotional thing where each of them had their own cups and they all had their own toys and you had to go to all three to get them all. And I was so excited for it. And as a kid, I loved it because of Star Wars. 
and yeah. I remember getting a bootleg VHS copy. But as an adult, I think it's the worst Star Wars movie of the main nine. I think it is the worst one. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about that when we get to episode yeah. two. <laughs> Duel of the Fates is the best part of the movie, the the ending scene. The the Naboo Starfighter fight was cool, could have been better. Jake Lloyd was absolutely terrible as Anakin Skywalker. Uh, yippee! Uh, now, the, now this is pod racing! <laughs> the visuals looked cool and everything looked cool for the time. Qui-Gon, great character. Obi-Wan, great character. Both great choices in, in casting. Showing Coruscant, the Jedi Council, having uh, Sam and Jackson play Mace Windu. You see Yoda, so you get somebody familiar from the Old movies. Uh, Naboo looked great. Like the scenery. The Naboo Starfighter looked great. One of my um, favorite ships. It, it is. It's. I like it a lot. I have the Micro Machine actually in my my office here. And um, everything... Like... I don't know how to say it. The story was poorly written. I think the whole Trade Federation thing... Like, you got to kind of see what life was like pre-Empire. It set the scene. Set the stage. The Gungans were, I think, really stupid. You could have shown them briefly and then just be done with it. Battle <laughs> droids were cool concepts. But Jake Lloyd, man, and Anakin, like, the whole pod racing scene, the whole thing on Tatooine, pointless. Not pointless. It fueled the story, but it was terrible. It was terribly done. The pod race was pointless. What? I hated it with I, a passion. I disagree, Mike. I think the yeah. pod race is entirely essential to the plot of the movie just to wake people up. I disagree with both of you. The pod race is possibly the best part of the film because George Lucas doesn't have to direct dialogue. But the thing is, yeah, it's like, it's kind of pointless to the movie. Like that, it didn't need to happen. It was still cool. No, I actually do like, I don't like how in the the re-releases of the Blu-rays, they added like five minutes to the pod racing scene. Did they really? Yeah, they added more stuff to the pod racing scene. Uh. Is that the, terrible? Is yeah. that on the Disney Plus one? It is, yeah. Oh, okay. They do a lot more solo shots of a bunch of different uh, racers in it. Like you see Gazgano, and you see like another dude that's in the video game. Which, ironically enough, the video game just got ported onto Switch, which is pretty awesome. Literally today, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that today on the day of recording. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. The the video game was great. Yeah, it was awesome. I remember playing it on a joystick on a on a desktop. It was sick. However, the movie—I mean, the the best part—and I think Darth Maul was a fantastic villain. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know about that, man. It's hard. But, to, it's hard who to. Who be... didn't? Who didn't go nuts as a kid when you saw the double blade lightsaber for the first time? Yeah, I, I guess, but it's also hard to be a fantastic villain. When you only have I three lines of dialogue, you have three lines right. of, and five minutes of screen time. Let me let me change it. He was super cool looking. That that I can the yes. lightsaber was great. And I as a kid, that, yeah. you see a dude that looks like a demon. You're like, oh, this guy must be evil. <laughs> <laughs> He's got horns. I don't trust him. <clears throat> but Clone Wars and Rebels does do Darth Maul justice. I will say that. Like I know, Ron, you're not a big fan of 
you need to have outside knowledge before going into a movie in order to really quote unquote get it. Yeah. But what they did, what they have done with Darth Maul in the future with Clone Wars, the TV show, is they really did the character justice, I would say. Because not, not only does he look cool, he also, like, is a very powerful Sith Lord and a very powerful, like, character. But yeah, I like to think that Darth Maul's double lightsaber was the reason it sold so many tickets on opening day. Because that that's at the end of the trailer is when like the lightsaber both of them like pop out. That's so like point. everyone's um, just going, Oh my god. So <laughs> You're right, I think it really helped fuel it, but I think the fact that we had a first Star Wars movie in fifteen years that yes. the people who yes. were kids when Jedi came out are now adults with jobs went nuts. I remember my gym teacher talking to him that Friday at gym class and he said oh, i saw it last night at midnight and i was first of all i was blown away because you know i'm nine years old and i was like whoa people stay up midnight showing did you and tell your goes, mom yeah, i went i loved it it was great and i was just like whoa i go and see it tonight i'm so excited mm-hmm. but i think and plus it, it it i don't know if you remember but it was so it was on all the magazines those are things that people used to buy to read uh, articles, kids. Um, they were, I mean, pre-internet. I mean, it wasn't pre-internet. Internet was still around, but it was in its infancy. But it was all over the internet. It was, you, you name it, like marketing, advertising, promotional stuff. It was everywhere. I will say this about my opinion about Phantom Menace. So as a kid, like you said, Mike, I, I actually really enjoyed it. And then kind of growing up around, like, high school, college, that was when I first heard the people being like, you know, Phantom Menace is actually pretty bad. And, like, same with Clone Wars. And I was like, I don't believe you. All the Star (laughs) Wars movies are fantastic. And then I watched it, and I was, like, being broken up with. Like, I just couldn't believe that my favorite (laughs) film franchise actually made out some garbage. (laughs) But then having rewatched it, getting ready for this podcast, I'm like, you know... It gets a bad reputation, but when you're going into the movie with no expectations, it's okay. Like, of course it's terrible. It's, like, almost... It's borderline racist in some parts, but, like... Borderline? <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. It is racist. But, like, it's it it's fun. I'll say that. It's fun with the pod racing and at the end, and Jar Jar is kind of funny. <laughs> And like, and but like the end lightsaber scene is incredibly underrated. It's like the Andre Johnson of lightsaber fights. It's so <laughs> underrated that it's almost overrated. Um, but overall, I'll probably give it a C, like as a letter grade. Mike, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I'm gonna give it a D. The ending saves it, and the uh, casting. Some of the casting was great. So that saves it from being an F, but I turn. I hate this movie. I, I can't watch it when it's on. The ending is good, and everything else is just miserable. <laughs> um, I'm gonna split the difference between you guys. I'm gonna say a D plus, simply because the pod racing and the fight at the end with Darth Maul, literally, like, not only does is the film like not really good. Besides that, 
it just it doesn't make sense. Like Matt, you gave the plot outline, and like it's it sounds very nice, but when you're watching the movie, <laughs> it's it's impossible to follow. You don't yeah. know what's happening. The trilogy is best summed up by elevator pitches. Like if you just <laughs> if you just pitch the movie to people, everybody will be like, "That's awesome! When are we gonna watch it?" And you're probably like, "You you you don't want to watch it." <laughs> Um, uh, do you guys want to hear some fun facts about the movie? Please. Yes, please. Okay, so there's an employment consult firm, Challenger Gray and Christmas. They estimated that 2.2 million full-time employees were going to miss work to attend that film on that weekend, and resulting into $293 million loss of productivity. they estimated that another one is so after viewing this is a very infamous story within the star wars community so after viewing a rough cut of the film with the test audience george lucas admitted that he quote may have gone too far in a few places end quote and that the story felt disjointed but ben Brute agreed with this, saying that, quote, in a space of about 90 seconds, you go from lamenting the death of a hero to slightly comedic with Jar Jar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you guys know that Tupac Shakur was interested in reading for this movie also? Really? Yes. Wait, really? Uh, Really? Really. Even though he died in 96? Yes. So... He was a Star Wars fan since childhood, and he expressed interest into reading into a role. Even He even tried to, like, connect himself with George Lucas, um, but they were never really able to set up a meeting or anything because, like you said, Mike, he died in 1996. Um, but many people speculate that he would have been Mace Windu instead of Samuel L. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it, it feels kind of cool, and, like, Tupac, like, was in other movies before he died. hmm But, like, I didn't know he was that big of a fan. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Phantom Menace was also nominated for three Academy Awards, uh, Best Sound Effects Editing. Um, anyway, it lost three of its nominations, all of them, to The Matrix. <laughs> oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> tough year. Tough year. <laughs> a very tough year. Uh, but yeah, those were my fun facts, and I think we're done with Phantom Menace. If you, got, unless you guys have something more to add. Watching it this morning, I was surprised how truly bored I was. Like truly <laughs> and utterly bored. Like I don't know. Like I, I remember having some slight enjoyment. The last time I like sort of saw it was I saw half of it at a new year's eve party like a few years ago right because it was on like tnt or something like that yeah but but like yeah i I don't know it could have been a lot better i feel like if there had been like a good like story editor or producer in george's ear to like advance his ideas or just tell him no on a few i feel like this could have been a lot better and also if they started like anakin as a teenager and not a straight-up kid. Because the, the stuff with him and Padme is just weird. Like, What are you talking know. about? They're only five years apart in age. He's ten! <laughs> and she's fifteen. Fourteen. I'll, uh, last thing I'll say is the best thing 
about this movie is the Weird Al song. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's it. I for... totally forgot about the Weird Al song. Yeah. yeah. The saga begins. So, yeah. Uh, my... Wait, that's the, that's the one that's the American Pie spoof, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the, the music video basically sums up the entire movie. Like, instead of watching the movie, I should have just listened to the song, <laughs> if I'm being frank. Um, no, yeah, your uh, name's Ron. Please, call me Ron. Uh, Mike, any final thoughts before we move on to episode two? As as a nine-year-old kid, it was great. As a 30-year-old man, it is not. (laughs) Um, If you, I mean, you must watch it to order to get the full experience and the full story. Um, Eh. Could it have been better? Yeah. Was the marketing machine behind it fantastic? Absolutely. Some of the best merchandise that they've ever produced were for the Phantom Menace. So, uh, it is what it is. And they, uh, I wanted, almost got, fun fact, Pep, Pepsi or Coke? One of them, too. It was Pepsi. Pepsi. Because I remember Darth made... Maul on the face, his face on Mountain Dew cans. <laughs> so, Pepsi oh, made a, um, all right, so back, I don't know if they, I haven't seen this in years, so I don't know if they still make these. There used to be like, it looked like a barrel, and it would usually have the brand's logo around it, and it had wheels, and it had a plastic lid, so you'd fill it with ice, and then basically you would, they had it at liquor stores, they had it at, um, you you bring it at like stadiums and stuff. It's and then a cooler? You, it's a big cooler on wheels, shape of a barrel, but they had an R2-D2 one. And oh, I remember seeing sick. it. And we owned a deli at the time. Mm. And I thought we were going to get it. And I was like, cool, I'm going to have it. <laughs> Instead, we got this shitty RC Cola one. We didn't even sell RC Cola, mind <laughs> you. But it was an RC Cola <laughs> one. And... They got that instead of the R2-D2. And I was so pissed because we had that for forever after that. <laughs> and it was, like, cool to have for, like, parties. But, man, I really wanted the R2-D2 one. I've seen it at liquor stores and at, like, convenience stores. And I was like, wow, oh, this could have been mine. You should check it out on eBay. <laughs> I'm sure it is. It's probably on Actually, eBay. I'm, that is something I'm going to go to right Intern. <laughs> Oh, that's Mike, why don't we have the intern look for it while you explain Attack of the Clones? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Attack of the Clones, released on May 16th, 2002. Directed by George Lucas. Written by George Lucas and Jonathan Hales. Jonathan Hales also was known for Young Indiana Jones Chronicles and The Scorpion King. Produced by Patrick McCollum. Also of Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, Red Tails, and he had involvement in the Star Wars Special Editions. Attack of the Clones had a budget of $115 million and a box office grossed $653 million. This movie gets praise for the action scenes, visual effects, music, and costumes. The criticism for this movie lies mostly with the romance of Anakin and Padme the dialogue, and the underdeveloped characters. 
This movie starred Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, Hayden Christensen playing the role as an older teenage Anakin Skywalker, Natalie Portman returns as Senator Padme Amidala, Ian McDermott as Chancellor Palpatine of the Arsidious, Christopher Lee debuts as Count Dooku, also known as Darth Tyrannus, Sam Jackson reprises his role as Mace Windu, I'm going to butcher this name, but it's Timuru Morrison as Django Fett. Daniel Logan as a young Boba Fett. And Liana Wal- Walsman as Zam Wessel. Uh, Mike, do you, mind if I mm-hmm. in- do you mind if I interject really quick? Because there are two currently famous people in this movie that I was shocked that they were in it. Currently famous. Yes. Rose Byrne is in it. And so is Joel Edgerton. Really? Yeah, Joel Edgerton plays Bar- uh, Baru's husband. The guy you thought who Chris, the, who you thought was Chris Pratt. Oh, so Uncle Owen. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. fuck! Did I did I I fumbled that? Yeah. You said Aunt <laughs> Baru's husband. <laughs> oh man, I I fumbled that at the goal line, folks. <laughs> I am so sorry. Oh man, I I am Russell Wilson versus the Patriots in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Feels bad, man. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Sorry, Mike. Good. The plot of this movie: the Galactic Republic is threatened by a separatist movement organized by former Jedi Master Count Dooku. Senator Padme Amidala comes to Coruscant to vote on the motion to create an army to assist the Jedi against their threat. Narrowly avoided by an assassination attempt, upon her arrival, she is placed in the protection of Jedi Knight Obi Wan Kenobi and apprentice Anakin Skywalker. They have met once again since Phantom Menace. I'm not going to continue to read the plot of the Wikipedia because <laughs> you should watch it, even though a lot of people say it's one of the worst ones. Wow, that's a great elevator pitch you did there, Mike. <laughs> so some of the highlights of this movie are in the beginning, there is an assassination attempt on Padme. By Zam Wessel. Spoilers, everybody. Here nightly. Um, Anakin does chase this person down on Coruscant, so you get a nice little chase scene in the skies of Coruscant. Um, later, Obi Wan Kenobi investigates um, something going on in the mysterious ocean planet of Kamino. Where does he go to find out about that information, Mike? The diner. <laughs> Which which diner, Mike? Galactic Denny's. <laughs> and uh, who owns it, Mike? Galactic Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Tyler Drama, famous for our songs, our intro, our opening theme, where Obi Wan discovers that there's an army of clones being produced through a deceased Jedi, uh, Jango Fett. A bounty hunter is serving as the genetic template for the clones. And this is our first introduction to a young fan favorite character of Boba Fett. Also the ship Slave One. Uh, Later you get Anakin reunited with his mother. It's uh, known. This is probably some of the worst dialogue of the movie. Um, But it is an important scene because this is Anakin's first real flirtation with the dark side mm-hmm. of the force um, oh hello <laughs> and then later on in probably some of the best parts of the movie 
is when they arrive on Geonosis. Uh, Obi-Wan and Jango have a little scuffle dogfight in the in the asteroid rings of the planet Geonosis. And then you have the actual like scenes on Geonosis themselves. So the last hour Then the movie starts. The movie, <laughs> yeah, it's the movie starts off well. Then Camino is also a good job. Then it takes a dip. A big and then it comes dip. right back up. Big yeah, a really dip. big dip. But then it comes right back up with the Geonosis scenes. Um it has two great lightsaber fights. And this is a, a spoiler. This is where we first see Yoda battle with the lightsaber. <gasps> that old man got game. He's like the Uncle Drew of Jedi. The the battle between this is where you first see the battle of the clones and the droids, which sets up many many seasons, which <laughs> happen way later of the Clone Wars animated series. But here is the movie is the better part. Here's at the end, you do see a foreshadow of a super weapon that they they give to. The Geon- I guess they're the Geonosians or whatever they are. Um, the Trade Federation. The Trade Federation is going to give it to Darth Sidious, which is turns out to be the Death Star. <gasps> and this is starts the Clone Wars. Oh my god! Yeah. I, f- I have two fun facts about this movie. Okay. The first is as a joke, the working title was Jar Jar's Great Adventure, in response to the negative reactions <laughs> to Episode One. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's the senate representative of naboo in episode two (laughs) yes he was and the second one is so the first mention of the clone wars happened in star wars a new hope Mm -hmm. obi-wan briefly mentions it at the very beginning in 1977 about how he and Luke's father served in the Clone Wars. So for many, many years, up until really this movie, you have no idea what the Clone Wars are. There's only some of it it's mentioned in magazines and books briefly, but is no there's no it's all left to your imagination. So one of the original ideas for the Empire Strikes Back was that Lando Calrissian was a clone which caused the Clone Wars, mentioned by Obi-Wan in New Hope. Then, George later scrapped the idea and came up with the concept that was used and ended up being used in Episode 2. To have a clone army and then, you know, everything we saw for this movie. That is a fun fact. One, you know, again, saw this one as a kid. It was in 6th grade. I loved it because, you know, it was Star Wars and I was a kid. It did not have the marketing and hype that the first one did. Although, I think it was Doritos. Doritos had a, um, like a, like a puzzle set that you had to buy a bunch of Doritos and you got this, like, blind pack. Oh, I do remember that. Um, that's the only significant one. That was when they had 3D Doritos also. Yes, that was also 3D Doritos. Mm, I missed those. Do I, though? 
<laughs> no, they weren't that good. No, they really weren't. It was mostly air. Yeah. So, the although they did have like I believe they had like that's where they first started introducing the weird flavors that they later incorporated into other. Yeah, burritos. they had the jalapeno ones. Those are the ones I remember. Mm-hmm. And they, and also, they came in the Pringles jar. Yes, and they also had like four cheese. It was orange bag. I remember those. Those were really good. Yes, the bags. These puzzles pieces were in the bags. But um, I digress. There was a a micro machines were no longer a thing, um, and these toys, the toys were there. Um, they weren't as significant as episode one because episode one kind of continued the power of the force line a little bit and style. That this is where you first started to see the change up. Uh, I don't know if there was a new company doing the toys. But this is where we see the change. My criticism for this movie is... It's not long enough. <laughs> it, it's, the runtime is 142 minutes. I know. I'm that was very sarcastic. He was being facetious. <laughs> so, the dialogue is poor. Hayden Christensen <laughs> is a bad choice for Anakin. I disagree. It's not his fault. It, sh- it should have been Leo. <laughs> it should have been Leo. It should have been Leo. <laughs> can we can um, we make a poster? Mo- can, yeah. Can that be our does... first? <laughs> Sorry. I was just ahead. about to say what what movie does that not apply? It should have been Leo. That should that can be our first merch. <laughs> it should have been Leo. <laughs> <laughs> no, like. Name a movie, and we'll be like, would it have been better with Leo? Um, Last Vegas. It would have been better with Leo. I guess. Beowulf. Con, Con Air. <laughs> he was like five at that. No, okay, he wasn't that young. No, well, like, I, I guess I'm saying, like, prime Leo. Okay, so insert Leo from Inception into any movie. and Yes. We're spending way too much time. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. The, uh, Attack of the Clones is just so goddamn boring. <laughs> yeah. So the the best parts of this movie it are the is the Camino scene, the Geonosis last hour of Geonosis. Um, those are probably the best two. Uh, even the the chase in the beginning was okay. It dragged on a little bit. It was too dark because it took place at night, but it wasn't. It was fine. You don't um, want to buy death sticks? <laughs> that was a... <laughs> See, poor dialogue. The the scenes, though, on Tatooine, like sand, it gets everywhere. Like, and it it's, gets it's everywhere! It's kind of dumb. It's the romance was dumb. It's dark. The, it's the whole... And it gets everywhere. <laughs> but, uh, again, the, the last... The last hour, and especially the lightsaber fights, were great in this. So, what's yeah. your letter grade? My letter grade is this is a C. Wow. Jesus. Wow. Um. We don't do minuses, remember? Right. That's why I gave it a C for Phantom Menace. Uh, so I saw this movie for my third grade birthday party, <laughs> and I loved it. I think I was the only person in the theater that w- that loved it at the time. It was actually my favorite movie out of the trilogy. The trilogy when I was like growing up, 
But now I think it's the absolute worst movie in the Star Wars uni- like universe entirely. Um, the dialogue is awful. The actors are doing literally the best they can in every scene. And even then, like, George Lucas, like, was telling Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman to, like, act without feelings. And, like, right. it's it's hard to gain chemistry when you're just saying, st- you're trying to be, like, fake Shakespeare. And it's just not coming off well at all. Like, the whole scene when they're eating, they're eating pears with silverware. And Anakin's like, you know... Obi-Wan would be mad if he saw us like this. And he's just like, dude's cutting a pear with the butter knife. What the hell? Like, it's really bad. As much as the last hour is good, the rest of the movie just doesn't... It Like, it's a pain in the ass to sit that long and watch it. Like, my favorite part of watching it today was turning it off and watching Scott Pilgrim instead. (laughs) (laughs) This movie gets an F for me. And it's Um, probably... No, I gave Thor an F. So this is... I'm still giving an F to it. You realize both movies that you gave an F to have Natalie Portman in it? (laughs) I love... Natalie Portman ruins movies. I love Black Swan. Ron, you're... What about you? You saved me um, out of this awkward situation. <laughs> um, I feel like I have never been more bored. As bored as The Phantom Menace made me, I have never been more bored. Um, because it just... like Okay, so The Phantom Menace's problem was... I didn't know what was going on, and things just kept happening, and they just kept going to different planets, and just like... All that. The problem with the freaking uh, the the Clone Wars or whatever the hell this name movie is, Attack of the Clones. You, Attack of the Clones. You know what's happening. Like in the first five minutes, people are trying to kill Padme. Great, understandable. It is so boring. It is just so boring. And like even the the end part where you guys say you know the last hour kind of saves it. Yeah, there's a little bit of like you know action there and fighting, but it's just like it. I don't care at that point. Like, I'm just so bored out of my mind. It doesn't matter. And there is zero chemistry, apparently intentionally, between Portman and Christensen. And it's just like, when Hayden Christensen doesn't have to talk, he's a decent actor. But anytime he has to spew out the the crappy Lucas dialogue, it's just like, oh man. No, I I said a few minutes ago, maybe it would have been better if, uh, the Phantom Menace started with Anakin as a teenager. No, after just like thinking about it for two minutes here, maybe that's a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know. Just, yeah, I give this movie like probably a D. Maybe the only redeeming thing about it is Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor is treating like the prequel series as LeBron did his first stint with the Cavs. <laughs> it's just like he's just carrying everyone. <laughs> The backpack Every- performance that he has. Oh my god. Like, he just... He's the only decent thing about this movie. It's because he's the only one who's, like, given decent dialogue and, you know, things to do and things to interact with. But then again, he was also, like, very clearly just, like, sitting in, like, a CGI room 
for like most of the point for like most of the movie i don't think any of these movies all nine of them or even if you count the other stuff like you know holiday special aside um i don't think any of them get an f just because of too bad i gave one what they are i mean you, you do you but for me personally like none of them are gonna get an f um yeah, no. I'm thinking about The Last Jedi. Um, yeah, no. no definitely. None of them we'll are, just we'll get there. Are. We'll get there. Yeah, well... Oh, my God. But, yeah, no. Episode 2, definitely the most boring. Um, I remember as a kid, like, I liked Episode 1, mostly because, like, the video game was pretty awesome. And I remember being bored by Episode 2, and apparently, like, 11-year-old me... Is just as the same as like you know thirty year old me, where I'm just like, yep, that's still a piece of junk. What does that say about you? That my tastes haven't changed. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, speaking of your taste, why don't you tell us about episode three? Episode three, which will come to it, and which I consider the best movie in the prequels, probably by far um uh, definitely by far is star wars episode three revenge of the sith now in this movie it obviously concludes the prequel trilogy and at this point uh it was released in may 2005 at that point a lot of people didn't know if we would ever get to see another star wars movie again so this was actually the highest grossing movie of 2005 uh earning 868 million dollars and running at a very brisk 140 minutes. Um, <laughs> it's the shortest of all of the movies, too. Yeah, because it's not Think like... Think about the, that. Because it's, it's not... The original running time for this, like, you know, fun fact, was over four hours. And they cut it down. Like, Dear Lord. Oh, my God. Yeah, anyway, so... Do you think, yeah. like, fans of Lord of the Rings would even just go, what the fuck are you thinking, George? Well, it might have been different, because Lord of the, like, diehard Lord of the Rings people are a different breed of people. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, in terms of, like, the stars of this, pretty much everyone's back from the, the first, two movie, first two movies. I don't really think we need to go over the cast. Um, and, yes, yeah, so the synopsis of episode three is uh, it's been three years since the clone wars began jedi master obi-wan kenobi and jedi knight anakin skywalker rescue rescue chancellor palpatine from general grievous the commander of the droid armies but grievous escapes suspicions are raised within the jedi council concerning chancellor palpatine with whom anakin has formed a bond asked to spy on the chancellor the full and full of bitterness towards the jedi council Anakin embraces the dark side, becoming Darth Vader. Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it kind of it kind of does. Also, like, uh, what's his name? The guy who played Dooku, um, Christopher Lee, is one of the top build people and has three minutes of screen time. Like they basically <laughs> they digitally ins- <laughs> they digitally inserted him into other scenes. Like. <laughs> He ba- I think he spent two days on set. Like, this guy didn't do him. anything, yeah. Sick paycheck. He's a pretty well-known actor from the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. So to do to do a movie like this, 
to do anything in Star Wars. Like, I mean, it's a, I, I didn't really know who he was as a kid, but, you know, as an adult watching more movies, it's like, oh, you know, he's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Was he I mean, also filming Lord of the Rings at the time? Um, no, he was done with Lord them Rings by the time. Before that. Okay. Yeah. Return of the King came out in 2003. He was filming episode two while also filming uh, Lord of the Rings. But you also got to remember, I mean, he's like the OG Dracula. Mm-hmm. No. One of the OG Dracula. <laughs> Bela Lugosi is, but he, or the guy who played Nosferatu, but then Bela Lugosi, and then Christopher Lee. Okay. But yeah, Christopher Lee, like, you know, great guy. Released a metal album in his 90s, so... Hell yeah. But yeah, uh, episode three, um, I guess I'll just say, you know, probably the best one because like it's the most, to me, it's the tightest story because it actually knows what it wants to tell because it actually has like a defined first, second, and third act. It has the extremely memeable, uh, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis, the wise scene. Also, hello there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hello like there. General Grievous is like, you know, He's, he's a G. Um, mm-hmm. I've never used that word before in my life. I don't know why I just said now. Um, There's actual chemistry between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like, they actually look like they're enjoying yeah. doing things together. And, like, even though um, Natalie Portman died of the big sad, like, it was still, like... <laughs> she died of a broken heart. Yeah. Like, the scene was still still okay. Like, like the the movie's not bad. It's just, I don't know, trying to live up to the reputation of the original trilogy. I think, in my personal opinion, I think this one is better than episode six. But that's oh. just my personal opinion. Oh. But Get like, right. <laughs> it's like a knife oh, in the back. Oh my gosh, right. What, four Jesus. and five? Four and five are great. Episode six is a slog to get through. Ron, I think I'm going blind wow. after you just said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, one of the fun facts that I learned about this movie, and I like, it didn't click until I read it, is that like, the way in which episode three is told is basically the opposite of the way episode four unfolds. Of like, you know, Luke finding the, you know, like the the old man, the guidance, and like learning his true um like destiny and stuff and like all the action happening there and you know the the ending shot of like luke looking out is supposed to like mirror the shot of vader looking at the death star being like formed so yep 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 they also almost mirror the scene with c-3po and r2 at the beginning of four and at the end of three. Oh, huh. yes among other things yeah so um I would say letter grade. I'd probably give this. Okay, we can't do minuses, can we? We can't. No. You guys are probably going to like put me on a stake for this. I'm going to give this movie a B. Mm. I think I think it's okay. The acting's okay. They definitely worked on the script a lot more. Um, yes. They, actually, they probably had an actual editor in the room going, no, 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 George, no, George, George, yeah. stop. <laughs> like, the, the whole, like, the Battle of Mustafar and, like, you know, um, Anakin, you know, like, losing all of his limbs and getting, like, burnt to a crisp like a Hot Pocket, like, <laughs> it was actually, 
like it, that was good acting and it was interesting and like that stuff that I hate you. Yeah, like it's the fall of someone who had like so much promise and hope and now he's given into the dark side. Like it's a if you told the story of a young Padawan falling to the dark side, but he had nothing to do with the Skywalkers, I think it could be like really good. And it just it sucks that out of the prequel trilogy we only got one decent film. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think this movie's okay. Uh Mike, what'd you think? I think Revenge of the Sith redeemed Hayden Christensen and I feel like it's not his fault that two had poorly written dialogue because he did show good emotion at the end of the battle on Mustafar and he did portray the turn to the dark side well so his acting was very good. Um, though Ewan made do Ewan did better with the poorly written lines of the prequels. Um, the younglings thing. The younglings thing is still like uh, the yeah yeah, but like the scene with with him with walking into the Jedi Temple with with the troop with the clone troopers was just like all right this is mm. that's awesome with, with the john william music huh? oh so good i think that song is called the march of the 501st or something like that it's so metal <laughs> the it is it really is the, the the lightsaber battles are good um at once the order 66 is initiated everything happened really well um i kind of wish the jedi put up a little bit more of a fight instead of looking like bitches <laughs> but i get it but when you have such a long runtime, you could spend a little bit more like i really feel like kiati mundi would have done you know a little bit better of a job <laughs> than just getting shot like that. i'm just saying but the and like kit fisto just hey kit fisto rocked. Kit Fisto had a, he at least got a shot in on Palpatine. The two other yeah, I mean, Jedi just got, died. But Kit Fisto, like, come on, man. And then Plo Koon got Mace the shaft out of up. all of them. He did. Ron, I don't think this. You understand a word we just said. Oh, I'm trying to. <laughs> but <laughs> the beginning, I thought was weak. I thought giving the droids comedic humor, the droids like the battle droids. I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. Uh, um, yeah, it wasn't strong. I didn't dislike it. It didn't ruin anything for me. It just it. That's part of the reason why it was hard for me to watch the Clone Wars cartoon uh, or, or CGI series because the droids are just like, you're a you're an android? You should, well, first of all, never miss. And second, you should have somewhat some intelligence because or just don't speak and just do what you're told and not be stupid the ability to speak does not make you intelligent they are mass produced so fast that rather than in giving them intelligence they're just drive like pushing them out of the production line you have hyperspace travel you can put a intelligence programming chip into a droid yes but why waste money 
It's more about the economics of war. Mike, I don't, Mike, is, Michael. There, there's no money in this this galaxy. There, money yeah, there is like are. There are credits. Mike, I, yes, but you don't like commerce. Interplanetary commerce is like beyond capitalism. It's Mike, just so. We spent the first two movie and this movie about politics. There has to be finances <laughs> behind it. Mike, the two things that you said, like you know, they had this so they could do that. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. It's like. It's like the thing when people say, oh, man, we could put a man on the moon, but we can't stop the Reese's from clinging to the bottom of the wrapper. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, one thing does not equal the other, in my opinion. I mean, I feel like if you're going to start an intergalactic war, you would at least have some decent equipment to fight for three plus years. Um, that being said, I was going to give this a C plus, but... Ron changed my mind, and I'm going to give it a B. Oh, yeah. Mm. All right. All right. All right. I think, though, I prefer, I don't know if I prefer Attack of the Clones now over this. What? I really enjoy the last, the end of Attack of the Clones, the last hour, a lot. Didn't you give Attack of the Clones, like, a C? I gave it a C, but... Um, I, this why, this one was a better movie, but it doesn't mean just because it's a better movie is my favorite. I think everything about this film is better than either of the two previous. <laughs> but I'm, no, there, there, it's definitely better. It's what, it's, it's well done compared to the, especially compared to the other two. I remember skipping school freshman year to go see it. Um, <laughs> and in the morning, cause I knew the night showings would be sold out. So, um, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Ron, you changed my mind. I'm going to give it a B. All right. Nice. And, um, it's probably, it definitely is the best of the best made of the prequels. But, um, I mean, I guess episode one for me hits the nostalgia the most, but this one, I guess is the better one. The game was the best on PlayStation two. Yeah. They did have like a like a fighting game that revolved or behind this game. It was like a Street Fighter esque type game. I no don't kidding. I don't yeah. remember that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, my friend had it on Xbox, like OG Xbox. That's the only reason why I know. I was too busy playing Battlefront at this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Battlefront, the Battlefront and Battlefront Two, the original ones, fantastic. Yes, absolutely agree. So Matt, what do you give this? Okay. So, I, this movie does a lot of subtle things well. The turn from Anakin to uh, to Darth Vader, they show Palpatine playing the chess match really, really well. They do a good job throughout the trilogy, but the, be- like, Ian McDermott, like, shines in this movie. Like, this is definitely his best movie out of all the Star Wars movies. Um, like like you said, Order 66, I think, was probably the best shot stuff of the entire trilogy, where they just show, like, they're showing the downfall of the Jedi in a very awesome way. Because it was, like, um, an actual movie, and it had, like, an actual, you know, movie things to that. Well, it's a montage. How, yeah. how often do you get that in a Star Wars movie? Never. But, I mean, like, they do it really well. Of course, there's a lot of, like, 
pointless parts, and there's a lot of points that are, like, incredibly memeable. Like, when Padme is giving birth to Luke and Leia, like, every time I watch it, I can't take... There's the one droid that's delivering the babies, and it seems like it's, like, its first day on the job. Like, like Padme is, like, in labor, and the robot is just going oh my oh my like and it's just like i just there's just so many unintentionally funny moments in it Uh, like you really can't take it seriously but there's also a lot of stuff like i really loved ewan mcgregor and hayden christensen's performance especially at the end i like the acting in that in that last bit more than the lightsaber fight just because i think the lightsaber fight is a little over the top like i get that it's probably i think that lucas probably thought that this was the last star wars film ever created so he kind of has to go out with a bang but when they're swinging around like tarzan like trying to hit each other with lightsabers like it's a bit too much for me but it it's a good movie. It's the only movie I will go to out of my way of the prequels to watch. And I was in the same boat as you, Mike. I was going to give it a C. But the more I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of leaning towards a B. Like, this is the... I know there's no minuses, but this is the ultimate B-minus movie. That's why I asked. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's perfectly average. Like, some stuff they do really well, some stuff they don't hit at all, but overall, if it was probably about 20 minutes shorter, it would probably be a much better movie, in my opinion. Average would have been a C. Yeah. It's a little bit above average. It is. Uh, Can I just say, though, I think, obviously, like, on Reddit, and, like, on the internet, like, prequel memes were a big thing, and still to a certain extent are. I think the reason that this one is the most prequel memed is because it actually has a decent amount of rewatchability to it. Because you can actually sit down and watch it. Yeah. I mean, and the action really doesn't stop, mostly because they keep going to the different scenes of war. Like, it starts in, like, the biggest starfighter battle at the time of, like, for Star Wars. Yeah. And it's a pretty kick-ass scene, especially with the Jedi Starfighters version 2. Mm. And the and the ARC-170s, oh, they're the best design starfighters, and oh, so good. Sorry, I'm getting away from myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one final thing. Um, the movie should have ended with when Vader is being risen, they just stop, the screen cuts to black, and he just breathes for the first time, rather than him doing the bullshit no thing. Oh, okay, I'll give you that. That that, that would have been cool. That totally just made Vader, like, invalid. Like, it's just like, that's bullshit. (laughs) (sighs) To me, personally. I concur. That would have been a better part. Yeah, that definitely would have been like cooler. I also think the um, I was I got it wrong the first time. The cooler for R two D two, I believe, was this movie. <laughs> oh, he's the not, best. Not Phantom Menace. Mike, are you going to use the the twelve hundred dollars that we're 
probably going to get from the government. Is most of that going to go to this? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to use it for? I was going to buy a bicycle. <laughs> a $1,200 bicycle? <laughs> no, one for me, one for the wife. And then have money left over. For a bicycle for me. You don't know how to ride a bike. Is a bicycle. How, why do you even say such a thing? Of course I know how to ride a bike. What the fuck does that even mean? Oh my god, can we make that a special episode of the podcast? We just bring a bike to Matt and see if he can ride it. I'm just so insulted that he said that with such confidence. You don't know how to ride a bike. Fuck you, I do. <laughs> I just, I just haven't ridden a bike because my bike was stolen. Oh my god, that's fucking hysterical. Oh my god. That is such a... That's what everybody says who doesn't know how to ride one. That is, that is such a great thing to accuse someone of. You murdered my wife. Yeah, but you can't ride a bike, so who's the real villain? You can't ride a bike. <laughs> well i think that's a great way to wrap up the show yeah <laughs> oh my god all right any last thoughts on the prequel trilogy <clears throat> i i've never been so bored in my life <laughs> if anyone but george rook rook what are you speaking like the alien race and the, the phantom menace <laughs> yeah if anyone other than george lucas either wrote it or directed it not do both i think it would have been much better it's more on the directing than the writing i think a director can change the writing more but if prequels do things subtly well but most of the things they fail to perform that's my review i think this one had too much cgi i mean I know it was like the cool thing at the time, but I feel like George was a uh, kid with a new toy that he didn't really know how to use well. Mm -hmm. And um, because if you look at Independence Day, which came out 96, that had more, not realistic effects, but the, the practical effects were cool and it made up for the lack of, made up for the, so not they didn't have to do an overabundance of CGI, and I think that these movies just relied heavily too much on CGI. And when they went back to the puppets in the sequel trilogy, I think that made up yeah for a lot of it. Absolutely, yeah. Watch the original trilogy. So let us know your thoughts on Twitter and what your favorite Star Wars movie is and what they could have done better. Also, let us know if you know how to ride a bike. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to post a video of me riding a bike. Do it. You won't. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everybody. Bye, Mom.